So hello and welcome to episode one of the Outcast for this season, uh, the season 2019-20, Ollie. So we are back for our fourth season. Did you think we'd get this far when we first started it, knowing nothing about podcasts, Ollie? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. It's been quite a journey. I think yeah. we've learned quite a lot. Um, when you go back and listen to the first episodes, I think it's fair to say we've improved. We're still <laughs> amateurs, proud amateurs, but um, yeah, we're, we're back again and it's it's good to be back, Lynn. I've been looking forward to this podcast. Yeah, me too. I mean, you know, we, we, we were here at mid-May, weren't we, when we sat down with Micah Lewis and um, and Mark in, in in Telford in the offices and talked about the season just gone and, and not a great season, was it, going back? But um, yeah, since mid-May. So we've obviously had a month and a half off, a bit of a break, and I've been watching football still, Women's World Cup and Euros under-21s and African Cup of Nations now, Ollie, You never really seem to get away from football in the modern age, do you? No, there's always seems to be something going on, um, whether it's off the pitch or yeah, on the pitch, obviously, of international football. And it's been quite nice to see women's football um, getting some of the mm, headlines. Yeah. Um, so it's been quite fun. Um, so yeah, it's um, and it, yeah, it's it's funny, isn't it? it? Doesn't take long for the season to come back again, and Shrewsbury Town players are already already in, <laughs> in, in training. There's always something going on with Shrewsbury Town as well, isn't there? Just through the summer, exactly. whether it's signings or preseason, and so we've got a lot to cover. We'll run through the agenda in a minute. I thought it was just re- worth reflecting really on the third season of Salopcast because we did the end of season review and reviewed that, but it was just probably worth we're, we're talking about the podcast really for a little bit, Ollie, because I was looking at some of the stats at the end of the season, which I'm not sure you've seen all of, but yeah, we managed to grow the podcast again by about, by another 134 listens on average per week. So we now on average get about 700 people listening per week so we really wanted to sort of say thank you to everyone who's kind of come on board last season and, and continue to listen every week and um, yeah it's just, just great to see that you know last season wasn't great but we managed to stem stem the negativity with some with some growth in the podcast yeah it just shows that Shrewsbury fans are crazy because the attendances <laughs> went up and our podcast listens went Very up true. so yeah. it just shows you that how um, keen everyone is and how much everyone in Shrewsbury and Shropshire and the um, wherever anyone listens from so obviously I'm not in Shrewsbury even Shropshire now mm. and where everyone follows from so yeah thanks for the feedback and comments and stuff um, we, we we love we love the interaction it's part of the reason why we do it it's been great to see people sort of asking when the podcast is going to come back as well isn't it so yeah, that'll, yeah this tonight will stop everybody saying that but it was yeah we had our four, four most popular podcasts ever last season and obviously top of that list was your, your Brian um, special which you did on transfers so that's had almost 1,700 listens for an episode, Ollie, and I think we had one which was when um, Greg Doherty was doing well. I think we had another thousand listens there. So yeah, it's, it's all, yeah. all positive things, and hopefully we'll we'll top it all this season. I suppose depends on how good the team are again, or whether it it kind of thrives on negativity or positivity. A podcast, doesn't it? Whether it's really good or really negative, you know, in the yeah. middle, people tend to just be quite ambivalent about it. So we shall see. But this podcast is certainly going to be a busy one, Ollie, and um, yeah, you've done a lot of work for this podcast, which will come over a minute. But I'll just run through the agenda, and then we'll, we'll get straight into it. So. We're going to cover pre-season, um, talk about the games we've got and also what we've learned about pre-season training so far through the sort of media media outlets. Um, got a discussion about the new kit, um, going to talk about the backroom changes, um, obviously there's been a fair few coming in and out, um, then we're going to look at the players we've left, um, what the current squad looks like and, and obviously then um, some good research that you've done on the new signings from, from various locations. So yeah, I don't know, what are you most excited to get in to talk about, Ollie? I think there's going to be a few interesting bits of the backroom staff mm. um, and definitely going through some of the, um, some of the, the current current squad that is so large um, and new signings. So yeah, it'd be interesting to get into kind of the, the new signings and um, what we've done is, as people who regularly listen to know, we try to add, you know, a bit of extra element or something that, you know, you wouldn't just see. So we've asked um, opposition fans yeah. for a bit of a view on some of the new signings. So that gives us a bit of an insight into what we might expect. Yeah, it's been really interesting. I'm, look, I'm looking forward to getting into looking at these new signings a bit more as well from, from what you've written. And uh, yeah, also, it's, it's always good to talk about the fixtures. So yeah, I, I suppose we've got a lot to cover, Ollie. Let's get straight into it. Come for that. Send it away by Goodison. 
And in by Paul Parry and Shrewsbury have equalised with 17 minutes to go. So, we'll start with where we are now, Ollie, because um, pre-season training has begun. So we are into the... We felt it was a good time to do the podcast. We are officially into 2019-20, aren't we now? They're back in pre-season training. So, yeah, the players came back in for, for training officially starting on Monday the 24th of um, June. Um, obviously, they're in the Friday before, Ollie. You tend to get that at most clubs now where they come in and sort of get measured up, probably get their weight tested so they can find out how much work they've got to do in pre-season and um, sort of all the medical checks and things. And, and then they get up, you know, out there doing their training on, on the Monday of the, of the next week. So they're all back in here now. One thing before we get into pre-season training, um, anyone that's listening to this might hear a crow a lot because I can hear a lot of crow in the background of where you are Ollie so <laughs> can see where I live is there's a really nice load of trees at the back and I thought I'd do the podcast <laughs> in the um, in the kitchen for Why a change because Becky's away so yeah I can hear some crows so apologies for the uh, the sound effect it's fine shut the door if it carries on it's fine it's nice to be out the countryside and that's where obviously pre-season training starts out in the the nice uh, it is a lovely training ground isn't it really when you think about yeah, where it's it located is. but um yeah, I don't know. What, what's your first observations of pre-season training, Ollie? Yeah, it's good to see the, the players back. And yeah, it's, it's been quite interesting to get the comments from the, the club. The club have been quite good, actually, I think, in terms of getting out interviews with assistant manager um, and sharing kind of their thoughts. So some of the interviews that they shared on iFollow has been really good. Um, mm. I think it's quite interesting, isn't it, that... Um, you know, it's interesting. Stefan Payne um, put a tweet out, didn't he? Taking yep. the mick out Kennedy, who we had last season, how shocking he was when he came back from um, pre-season. So I don't know if um, most fans, I imagine, will know this, but most players come back in pretty good nick now these days. Yeah. And um, I think it's kind of the banter and the kind of shame that they come back with a bit overweight. Um, so I don't think, I think the days of trying to lose a stone on stuff has gone. Mm. And yeah, I think it's quite interesting that the players have already played um, one. I say game in inverted commas, a game against TNS yeah. um, at, at the training ground. Yeah, no, they did. I mean, Stephen Payne likes a tweet, doesn't he? Because he also tweeted he out. Does. He also tweeted out when he signed for Tranmere this week that some negative things about the Bristol Rovers fans, which I found quite amusing. So he's good. Yeah, he's good he value did. on Twitter, Stephen Payne. But um, he is. He's funny. He certainly won't be coming back here this season. He signed for Tranmere. I thought we might have got him back for a third time, but um, I think we've, recru- when we get to recruitment, we'll cover strikers, Ollie. But yeah, I mean, interesting um, about the, the fitness, and, and obviously we'll come to the change in the backroom staff. But it is it is a clear focus because we quite clearly got told by Ricketts and and you know players had intimated that last season just wasn't up to scratch in terms of that fitness work so it's a whole new regime a whole new a whole new process to go through this year for the players that are still there and and hopefully this is this is a much better process than what we had last summer it can't be worse <laughs> no it can't can it to be fair it, it certainly can't so who are we playing then in, in pre-season glow um, well, it's probably worth us running through which games you're going to get to because obviously we've got holidays coming up, Ollie. But yeah, we've got obviously yeah. Newport County. Um, I would say at home, but we're playing down at Ludlow, aren't we? Um, which I think is a facility now that the Shrewsbury Town community team run or, or operate. Um, and I suppose it's good for the South Shropshire fans, isn't it? Um, to be able to sort of have a game on the doorstep. We do have a lot of fans that come that way. Um, I'll probably will make my way down there for that one, Ollie. I, I don't know if you will, but um, that's I think that's the first game we've got. Um, yeah. And then we've got Villa at home, which I'll definitely be going to. That'll be a, a, probably our show piece game won't it I suppose of all the ones that we've got um Cheltenham Town away I'm going to go to that because one of my best mates from university is a Cheltenham fan I'll probably meet up with him pre-match and then we've got our final game I think was announced earlier last week wasn't it which is Dundee United um at home so again a bit more of a showpiece game I'm not sure it's quite as prestigious as yeah it's, it's the last it's, that's the weekend before yeah. the start of the season so it's quite nice I think having that game there's also a game against Sheffield Wednesday again probably a game broken down into parts um, I know a, shoe, a few Shrewsbury fans will be going out to watch that, so I'm sure they'll enjoy a few beers in the sun. Yeah, I'm a bit gutted to be able to not make Portugal, unfortunately. Yeah. I would have liked to have gone. We looked at some logistics, didn't we, Ollie? And yeah. work and various things, family, have, have made it a bit more difficult for us. There's not been a huge amount of notice, but um, hopefully next year maybe it's in the diary a little bit earlier for the football club and, and, and you know... 
I, to be honest with you, if it had been a proper game, I know it's only pre-season, but the way they've been selling it is sort of like a training game with maybe yeah. you know doing quarters and I'm, I'm not breaks and not stuff. Feeling like going all the way to Portugal for that either, you know. So I think I would have gone just for the fun. Yeah, I, for me personally, maybe. I couldn't afford the holiday days. <laughs> I had a basic choice: either have Christmas off or go to Portugal. And I so decided to have Christmas off, uh, yeah. which I think is probably a wise choice. If I had a few spare holidays, I guess having a teacher and you're in the same position, Glenn, yeah. having a teacher as a wife. You're always going to lose that holiday battle because exactly. they have so many. Um, so, yeah, that didn't really well, work for me. But I'm sure the fans that go out will enjoy a lot of beers. And I was only really interested in going for the beers, to be honest, more than the football. Yeah, there's a few fans I know going on Twitter, so we'll probably get a bit of feedback from there. And hopefully we get some good yeah. reports back from it about it working in the football club. Maybe do something a bit, a bit more formal next year. I don't know. But um, it, I'm trying to save my powder, rally because I've put in for a, a load of tickets to Euro 2020 next year. Um, so there's two games in Bilbao within six days of each other. So um, me and all of my mates, have, like we did when we went to Marseille a few years ago, if you remember me talking around on the podcast, we're going to try and do a sort of football trip to Bilbao. So I may be saving my uh, I'm saving my brownie points for that next year, Ollie. <laughs> it makes sense. It certainly does. It certainly does. So it was interesting um, an interview with Sam Ricketts about pre-season. Um, and he said that the plan is to get the players gradually um, fitter. So he said in the old days he used to have to work you know, really hard in the first few weeks mm-hmm. and then taper off, where he thinks we makes a lot more sense for him and, and the fitness team is that they, they build on the fitness so then you get ready so you kind of you know your full 100% fitness for the first game of the season which yeah. makes sense yeah. and I imagine that's based on science as well the focus is on fitness and slowly embedding tactical ideas so basically kind of building a layer of knowledge and what they want to do um, they're saying that there's a combination of running and ball work and um, you know before he said in his days you know he went from the full swing of you know, just running to then just ball, and now they say they do a bit each. And gave an interesting stat that the first week they'll try and aim for the players, and as I say aim, they will track them um, with the new GPS um, to run twenty-five kilometers this week, and then they'll build it up as it goes on. So yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of obviously analysis and, and hard work going into preseason, which is good to see. Yeah, good so to hear. Sorry, about fourteen, fifteen miles, that, isn't it? I suppose that's a decent, decent clip, isn't it, for a week? Um, yeah, it's over a half marathon, but yeah. So, yeah, obviously breaking down ball play, bit of running, everything. And if you don't do your running in the games, then you have to do it big extra running afterwards so there's no yeah. he said so there's no hiding place in football now if you don't hit your targets you do extra running um, and then there was also a comment that um, Dave Edwards is back um, running ahead of schedule and, and also Goldborn as well is, is back um, as well a little bit ahead of schedule as well yeah, I saw they were saying ahead of schedule it's, it, one of the things we've sort of lamented all that sort of last season with Dave Edwards when he broke down with injuries and obviously not getting particularly fit was that he didn't get a full pre-season under him and it, it seems like yeah he might be back ahead of schedule but unfortunately it doesn't seem like he's going to get a full pre-season under his belt again and, and hopefully that doesn't matter quite as much this season but um, I, you know we just want to see him back don't we because if, if, it, we if do. it doesn't go well and maybe breaks down early on into the season it's starting to look like a bit of a disaster but you know, everyone in Shrewsbury's got their fingers crossed. From a financial crossed. point of view as well, like, yes. let's be a bit, a bit, a bit boring, um, let's say, or you know, a little bit callous. I think you know, take the romantic side out of it. You know, he's, I'm sure he's one of the better played players, and you know, fingers crossed, he'll come back and he'll be great. He, maybe he'll just come back a few weeks later. Yeah, and um, there's a lot of games at start of the season with the, um, with the, um, with the cup games and stuff as well. So fingers crossed, he'll come back stronger. True enough. And the last thing I was going to say on that really is, I always find it interesting that you know. Ricketts had said in that interview about getting those tactical ideas in now, but you suspect that's not what they do in that first week back, mainly because we went through the first week of training and I think we brought one player in last week, which we'll get to, but we're still a fair way off a finish squad, aren't we? So you, you suspect yeah. a lot of that more tactical work, maybe they, they lay the foundations, but when it comes to the rest of it, it must be a bit of a later thing because you, you want 
goalkeepers signed on, for example, who are going to know about distribution and things. So, um, yeah. yeah, I suspect that that first week back is just hard work. Yeah, it's building progress, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, and, it and on, on the building as well, he said that um, as the season goes on, they'll get to do more and more work on tactics. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out. And fingers crossed, um, yeah, we can start the season well. So, yeah, I think that covers pre-season. Yeah, pre- yeah we're into it now. And then, as I say, in terms of the games, Ollie said, I'm going to be getting to quite a few. And then we're going to sort of fit that in between our, um, our, yeah. our podcasts. And we're going to do a few podcasts across the pre-season covering those games as well, just like we did last season to bring people up to speed. Yeah. I think there was some you know good intelligence <laughs> that we had when I went to that Bristol City game last year in the Telford game in a week. And I think that already gave us a bit of an idea of where the season might have been headed when we look back. So hopefully it's not quite as negative. <laughs> of this year and we get a few good wins and we start to be able to see a team coming together so um, I'll be there and reporting back on that but um, yeah. probably I, I don't know I, I was going to say moving on to more negative things I suppose this is a very subjective subjective view of things but let's just move yeah. on to looking at the new kit really because <laughs> um, it's not been uh, I don't know it didn't it did let's, let's say it as simple as this I think the away kit down, went down very well but I yep. think my initial reading from social media and talking to people that are there that is the home kit didn't go down very well. I mean, yeah. did you disagree with that general viewpoint? No, when I saw it, I was a little bit disappointed. Mm. Um, that's a polite way of putting it. I was a little bit surprised. I don't think it helped that Wally had a shirt two sizes too big. <laughs> and uh, I think they tried to be a little bit too artistic with mm. the photos. I think you're right. um, when we saw the photo of Ryan Sears... Um, come out as I remember Am Thomas um, putting on Twitter. You know that the the, um, the tailor you know um, should get a bonus in terms of the cut. The cut looked really good, Much and the kit it looked the cut looked a lot better. Um, I'd say the amber's the right colour and the blue's the right colour, but I'm not really a fan of this tiny pinstripe no. and the the big band in the middle. Um, it's not my um, favourite kit. Let's put it that way. I think it looked better than. Um, we originally when we originally saw that photo yeah um, but yeah what's your kind of your take similar similar yeah I wasn't a, a huge fan of it I, I don't like the pinstripe and, and I do like a traditional blue and amber stripes you know similar to some of the kits we've had over recent years I know it's blue and amber stripes but it's sort of different sizes and, and I don't I, mind I, different designs yeah, yeah. I just don't like this one no I, I think that there's, there's various different reasons people didn't like it I, I mean the Tuffins advertising bit in the middle has come under huge scrutiny because it just looks massive it's huge. <laughs> and again their money's worth, aren't they? That's that's for yeah. sure. But um, yeah, it's not. It, it, is it one that will grow on me? I mean, it's got no white on it. I always like a blue and amber kit with no white on because sometimes we do bung it in there for no reason. But um, is it I a like grower? The white. I don't know. It's one of. Those I think it might like, grow in it. We'll yeah. come back to this. I think the the thing that made me chuckle the most is like a lot of some fans were saying, if you don't like the kit, don't buy it. Did they not understand that they have to see this kit every single week? <laughs> or do they just listen on the radio and they don't see photos or live games of Shrewsbury which I thought was I just had to mention I thought it was really funny that people were saying if you don't like it don't buy it well you still you still have to look at it well, I, don't, I, agree, I, don't, I disagree with that comment for a slightly different reason it's fair enough for people to say if you don't like it don't buy it but if a significant amount of people don't buy it then that's, that's the football, revenue, that's the football yeah. club losing money. The football club should always prioritise creating a kit that people want to buy. And we've shown this in the fanzine over the years. We've shown this in votes. Traditionally, blue and amber striped shirts with with a with a, you know a, a uniform set of blue and amber stripes um, on a shirt. They are always the best sellers. And if you look around the stadium, you you always see people wearing those types of shirts rather than any other ones. Um, but who knows? You know, it, if we do well this season, it could be remembered as an iconic shirt. And again, yeah. it depends on the context and how we're playing. I'm a big fan of Admiral doing the kit, Ollie. Um, they're trying yeah. to get trying to get back into the the football sphere. They've been out of it for a while. Um, so uh, you know, I'm, I'm, they're a decent manufacturer, and I'm sure the kit will be a, probably maybe a decent quality. I've heard some good things about people who've initially bought them in terms of the quality. Will you buy one for yourself or Rory? No, I, I'll get them the away shirt, which is what we'll come on to now because. 
I quite like that. It's a, it's quite a nice design. It's a nice colour, something we've never had before. Pretty different for our football club. Um, you know, I think that the overall balance of the shirt, when you look at it, looks a bit better. So for me, I'll probably get the, the lad. I hope he doesn't listen to this because <laughs> it'll probably be a birthday present. But I think I'll get the lad one of the purple shirts because um, yeah. we, we were driving out of our estate the other day and he saw someone in the Shrewsbury Town purple kit already. And he was like, how come they've got that already? And I was like, well, <laughs> you'll have to wait a bit, mate. But um, yes, I think we probably will get <laughs> I the, might the, get a the, purple the one, shirt. but I think I'd like to try it. My mum works for Shropshire as I've mentioned before, I think. Well, yeah. She's worked there for a long time, and I think they do a thing where Shropshire put a big order for kits in for all of the sort of people that work there and their families. So, um, yeah, it'll be easier to get one through that, I think. Um, so I'll definitely have some purple shirts knocking around. It'll have to be a slightly cool. bigger one than it was at the end of last season, Ollie. I've had a very lazy summer, so maybe I'm a size uh, up. I'm <laughs> doing the opposite. I've, this morning I was at Chatsworth House doing oh, well a 10 kilometer run. Oh. Um, yeah, I've been um, losing some weight. Um, so, yeah, ho- hope, fingers crossed the Good medium. Last. The medium's 38 inches across. And I checked, like, I often buy clothes from somewhere, and it's similar kind of size. So it sounds like the, that's one thing people often talk about, isn't it, is different sizes, and do they match? Because we had those crazy Italian ones where God, they had a double extra large, yeah. and I'm a medium. But I think this season, the medium does mean medium. There we that's go. what I've been told by the club as well. So Si was very kind to respond, and I retweet that out. So hopefully people have seen that as well. The, the, one, the other negative about it, other than the design, is that it seems like it's confirmed that this is going to be, uh, we're going to be a football club. And I briefly mentioned this at the end of last season when there were some rumours about it, but it seems like this will be a shirt that only lasts one season, and the same for the away shirt. And we will change home and away shirt every season going forward. Now, I think we, we talked about it, you were a bit more sanguine. You were like, well, most clubs do it, and it makes us money. But I just feel like it's one of them modern things. I don't I don't like it and um, you know it, there's no longevity to football shirts anymore so I don't, I don't know it's even they less... don't last that long anyway nah, I think it's fine, it's fine but I, I understand if you're a parent and your kid wants the full kit and all that so I do appreciate that but can be expensive. as a yeah. Personally, myself, I'm fine with it. And they didn't announce a third shirt, so we're, it's, it's no. unknown whether we need one or we'll have one. But, but it's actually, just one final comment, isn't it? I remember John Pitts, when we had the meeting, was saying that he wants to wear the home shirt as much as possible, yes. so they have the players get used to it, which I thought was quite an interesting comment. But yeah, I think we've done we've got done a lot more on shirts than I expected. <laughs> Maybe it's we, worth us moving on. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we, I suppose the next thing to look at really after pre-season and the kits, um, we can leave who's here and who's doing what, is just having a quick look, Ollie, for, for ourselves really, and I imagine, like everybody does, when the fixtures come out, everyone pours over it and looks for where they're going and what trips they can do with their mates and who we got boxing day and stuff. But yeah, the fixtures did come out. Was it the week before yep. or last? Wasn't it? And um, there's some there's some interesting things. My overall take of it is that um, we've definitely got a harder run in Ollie. Um, I personally think if you look at those last six to eight games, certainly looks like that's uh, you know on the principle of where teams have been in recent times and the nature and the size of the clubs that we're playing maybe it looks like we probably want to have a few points in the bag before that last eight if we're, if we're in trouble again yep um, yeah and just for those like just kind of a bit of a jog the memory for, um, there's going to be a few teams obviously that we know well who are back so obviously we've got some friends coming again so obviously Bolton and Berry, um, Lincoln MK Dons and obviously Tranmere is going to be an interesting one um, Rotherham have come back down again um, so I think it's going to be quite a competitive um, league table um, yeah. I imagine Sunderland Portsmouth um, Rotherham will be up there um, and then and Ipswich obviously is going to be an interesting one so yeah so it's obviously quite a few big games and quite a few good teams again but like, what two games so what home game what away game are you most looking forward to Glenn? I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to Boxing Day Rotherham at home is an interesting one isn't it because finally we're at home on Boxing Day it feels like it's been a long time with us going to away games on yeah, Boxing Day yeah we've so, been a few trips haven't we yeah happy, happy with that um, and also Rotherham are back and we, we bloody owe them one for Wembley don't we so I think that, that there's a bit, of, a bit of something behind that in terms of the two clubs and their rivalry over say the last three or four years um, so for me in terms of the home game that's the one I'm probably looking forward to the most in terms of away games it's easy enough to say Ipswich I, I will just say um, I'm going to go to Ipswich have a weekend in London with my mates I'm going to catch the train to and from it 
Ipswich on the day um, from London. So that's already been booked in. Looking forward to that. But for me, I'm actually looking forward to going to Coventry away on the 14th of April, mainly because uh, it's one of those weird quirks of, of, of sort of circumstance where I know Town playing Birmingham in the, the the league just when I started going as a kid, and I never really went to any of those games at St Andrews. And then we played them in the cup a couple of times on a, on a Tuesday or Tuesday Wednesday night, and I just happened to miss those games as well back in the sort of I think it might have been the late nineties. So I've never actually been to St Andrews. So despite it being Coventry, I'm quite looking forward to going there just to say I've been to St Andrews and tick another one of the ninety two off the list. Yeah, I've been to um, Blues um, when I was at Molson Cause. A friend of mine was a Birmingham City fan. Oh, yeah. I went to um, went to see. Um, Birmingham City versus Newcastle at yeah, St nice. Andrews but yeah that's one of the games as well for me it's a nice one because I can get the train from Stourbridge in yes. um, so that should be good um, so yeah that's a good it's a good call that's a good shout that was that's on the 14th of April mm. two games I went for is Lincoln at home on the 11th of Jan um, yeah. ho- hopefully Lincoln by then have kind of had their happy bubble and struggling but I, I can't <laughs> see that happening but obviously we owe them a game yeah, um, and yeah similar to you I've already brought my ticket my t- my train ticket for um, Ipswich away on the 31st of August so that's going to be a great one I think a lot of people will be getting the train and making that one so hopefully it'll be a nice sunny day um, at the end of August um, and that yeah that should be a good one yeah, we picked three of the teams we definitely owe. Ipswich for Steelers. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of games <laughs> like that this season. And obviously, there's going to be a few interesting stories as well, isn't there? Because um, obviously, there's going to be um, Barry as well and see what happens to them. That could be a, a, could be a six-point bank, six banker for most teams in the league. Um, yeah, but... there's, there's a lot of things. There's Tramia with Mickey Mellon as well now. And yeah. they've obviously got Stephen Payne and a couple of our, our ex-players. We've obviously got you know a few interesting games across the season, but very few, you know, none, essentially, local rival games, I suppose. You can't yeah. count. Tranmere or Burton as local games, can you? Or Coventry. Yeah. Um, so we'll miss the Warsaw game. We're glad we relegated them, but that, that does leave you with a little bit of a hole in terms of that. That you know maybe hot red hot atmosphere that we've had at a couple of those games. But um, it, it is what it is. I mean, before we move off fixtures, I suppose the start. I mean, what did you make of that? We've obviously got. I'll run through the first five, but we've got Portsmouth at home, which is for to me is a tough one, and then MK Dons away. Um, then we've got Rotherham at home, and then uh, Shrewsbury uh, at home, and then to Rochdale, and then away to Accrington. So bit of a mixed bag I think you know obviously the Portsmouth and Rotherham game stand out as probably the two more difficult ones but I don't know what would you expect to take from the opening five? Oh um I don't know I'd like to see a few more players yet I'll have to hold that <laughs> hold I'll, I'll refrain from answering that question right now but um yeah I think there's gonna be a lot of tough games I think that's fair to say but um yeah fingers crossed we'll have a much better team than last year and hopefully these games won't be so as daunting but yeah I'm a, <laughs> a little bit apprehensive right now yeah it's a bit too early isn't it and then we have I just mentioned we got the cup draw didn't we um, yeah and that was at home to Rotherham as well wasn't it I think yeah, yeah. sorry yeah that, I read that as a league game sorry it was home to Rotherham the cup game sorry I'm getting confused Ollie so yeah I mean again we get an early chance to get one over them really I'd forgotten about that cup game when I said what game I look forward to it comes on the third game in so uh, <laughs> whoops yeah you went for Boxing Day didn't you yes I did yeah I think yeah. that'd be better because of the the atmosphere on a boxing day but um, yeah. there we go and we'll find out about the Czech trade at some point and uh, Liverpool and Man United are in this year Ollie so prepare for me to moan even more about the Czech trade trophy this year although it's not called the Czech trade trophy anymore is it they've withdrawn their sponsorship so it'll be called something else I'll have to come up with another uh, amusing nickname for it but there we go fixtures it's all happening it's going to start on the 3rd of August it doesn't seem that long away does it Ollie so no. yeah we'll, we'll leave the fixtures there and then I suppose I don't know, we'll have a little break here, Ollie, and then we'll move on to who's at the club now. Steele's header to Steve Kerrigan. Steele gets the return pass and scores. The perfect one-two from the strikers. So as most fans will probably know, there's been quite a few changes in the backroom staff. So Phil Smart, who's the goalkeeping coach, has moved back to the academy goalkeeping coach. Mark Lindsay, the fitness coach, has left. And then obviously the big news was um, Danny Coyne left, which mm. kind of broke on in the media. 
before the club um, responded. A week before. Um, but I thought that was obviously a lot of fans are really disappointed about that. I'm one of those fans. I really like Danny Coyne. Um, yeah. I, I like the idea that you have coaches and I know, some kind of someone to kind of bridge the gap between managers so you don't have wholesale changes and beat the, I don't know, maybe it's just the buyer in me and the, the financial side. I'm thinking it's, you know, to actually cost less to have when you have a, when you don't have to change your whole backroom staff. Mm. Um, but I think it's fair to say that, um, well, let's say he's got a new job. He's got a fantastic job as the first team goalkeeping coach at Middlesbrough. Um, yeah. But I think it's fair to say that the um, the the reaction um, from, you know, some very credible sources was, was quite, um, was quite strong. Yeah, I mean, you know, looking again at what people put on social media, we had two of our ex-goalkeepers, McGivillery, um, who tweeted, brilliant coach, top bloke, massive loss. And then even Henderson, who just tweeted, big mistake, although maybe he should have focused on the N21s rather than tweeting about his ex-coach. Um, but yeah, interesting to see that, you know, two goalkeepers there are pretty respected at this football club. And this is an interesting one about Danny Coyne because he, he's highly respected by the fans. You know, he's never going to not come back here and be, you know, highly thought of and, and, and welcomed back because of the jobs he did in some of those caretaker spells, particularly, um, obviously, last season in, in terms of almost saving us. So it's an interesting one. And I see the sort of a lot of conspiracy theories floating around because the, the answer took about a week for the football club to respond on it. And it was during this little period where it felt like Ricketts was really sort of trying to you know, instill his brand on the football club. I mean, we went to meetings with Ricketts and he was always very positive about Danny Coyne and the relationship they previously had. So I, I found it a bit of a surprise that he was leaving, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know about you, Ollie. Yeah, I thought it was a surprise. And I said disappointing. It's kind of like you can see both sides to it, can't you? You can see from one side... Um, you know, Danny Coyne, Trutter Town, has been here a long time. You know, you hear about him going to Prince of Wales. He's obviously, you'd hope, you'd imagine he's quite happy. And, you know, he's yeah. done, and last season, his points did help us stay up. Um, but then on the other side, I can also see that um, Sam Ricketts wants his own men and he wants his, a, a, a leadership team that's really close. And you don't know about the timelines and stuff, how it all worked with Middlesbrough and stuff. But yes, I think exactly. the, the best thing, though, is that Danny Coynes has got a job. Um, so fingers crossed um, yeah, he's not him. impacted um, maybe he's even had a nice pay rise um, yeah. so yeah good <laughs> luck to him and it'd be nice if he comes back to the club at one point and gets that kind of round of applause from the stands because I definitely should would be clapping very yeah. loudly he's a top bloke what do you mean maybe had a massive pay rise I suspect definitely had a big pay rise yeah you'd hope so <laughs> I was being I was being, being polite, polite but yeah, I yeah. Hope he's had a massive pay rise and he's got a new Beamer driving around and um, yeah. on this, the mean streets of Middlesbrough yeah you'll need something with a good alarm on in Middlesbrough I reckon, but um, yeah, it, yeah, there we go. He, he's gone anyway, isn't he? And I say there were some people yeah. saying, "Oh, it's it's Ricketts trying to get rid of all the people like with Sadler that are sort of have a good reputation at the football club with it, you know, more than him, and trying to you know get his." I don't know, is, is, is Ricketts way in there more than some of sort of the people that have been hanging around a long time? Maybe there's some truth in that, who knows? I mean, I wouldn't be particularly surprised by that, but we don't know the ins and outs of it really. No. Maybe one day we'll find out if Danny Coyne or Sam Ricketts writes a book, but um, we might be waiting a long time for that. But obviously that, that talks about the staff going out, Ollie. Um, there's been three coming in as well, haven't there, in terms of the new rack room? So yeah, Andy Johnson's come in as fitness coach um, and he's an experienced fitness coach, so that's good. Um, Sam Ricketts said he hit the ground running um, he knows what is expected and has experience and confidence. So he's he's saying that you know he's kind of a guy who's got some gravitas and the players are obviously responding to him. So it's good, you know. Obviously, some of the things he was Sam Ricketts been talking about, and we mentioned at the start about preseason training things that seems good. We've also got a new system for GPS tracking, which is real time, which means they can you know make a player you know stay back and do extra training and stuff if they hit the goals that they targeted. So so that sounds good. So it just sounds like um, like a lot of things with the club at the moment. We are definitely on the forefront of these things, even though we're obviously a League One team. We're definitely doing things in a very professional manner. Yeah, I mean Ricketts has talked about his, his more modern modern ways. I think we've been to meet him in terms of 
bringing the best out of what he's learned across his career and trying to bring it down to a level that maybe it wasn't at before. And, you know, fair, fair play to him. This, this guy sounds fairly experienced and has a good track record at other clubs. And, and again, similar to some of the reactions we saw for people saying he'll be a big loss. I was I saw some sort of people he'd worked with at previous clubs saying, oh, he'll do well at Shrewsbury and that'd be a good club for him. So, yeah, I think that, you know, he's got a lot to live up to. We obviously remember Chris Skitt and the work he did to get us our, you know, what a lot of people believe was our fittest squad ever for that season when we almost went up. So if he can offer something along those lines, um, using this new technology, try and get us back up to those levels. We, we know how much an important thing that is in League One, don't we? Yeah, considering we struggled so much last season. <laughs> um, so, yeah, obviously proof will be in the pudding, see how they yeah. work. So that yeah. sounds good. Um, a really interesting signing and I guess it contractually and also I guess giving Wrexham the time to recover last season. It's Graeme Barrow's come in as um, assistant manager. Yes. Um, I would recommend all Shrewsbury Town fans to watch the video that the club has released on this. Um, I'm not sure if it's the full version you can get when you pay for iFollow, but he was a really, really good um, really good interview and he sounds like a really, really good bloke, proper kind of old school football bloke. But you won't be doing many interviews, Ollie. Did you did you read that? Apparently he's very, uh, he, he does a couple of interviews when he signs and then he just goes into the background yeah. and he doesn't want to no, be interviewed think, again. <laughs> exactly. I, I, that's the, that's the, the, the sense I got from him as well. Um, so he's a 65-year-old and worked with Sam Ricketts at Wrexham. Yeah. He actually got the job at Wrexham um, as Sam Ricketts was talking to his son about working. His son's a fitness coach. And then he asked if his dad was free and they caught up a few times. Um, and yeah, then he decided to work with him at Wrexham. Um, so before he got to Wrexham, you know, he's an experienced coach um, throughout the whole, all levels of football. He managed Chester, Wigan and Rochdale and Berry, um, And he was the manager that brought Martinez to Wigan. Um, and then he was assistant to Martinez as well. Yeah. Um, Sam Ricketts said that he's worked with some really good managers and brings experience and know how and knows the inside of the game inside and out. And demands a lot from the players. Um, great. And then also interesting about they were asking about how training will work. And he said that Graham, myself, and Eric will all be involved. So they'll all take it in turns taking sessions. So that's good, I think, to hear different voices for the players. Uh-huh. Um, and then um, Graham Barrow is really, really complimentary about Shrewsbury. And yeah, I've seen a few Erection <laughs> fans got their knickers in a twist. Um, so he said that um, he describes Shrewsbury as a mini Premier League setup, which I thought was quite was quite nice. Um, you know, in terms of referring to the fantastic training ground we have and the stadium. Um, which I thought was quite a nice comment. Yep, yeah, true. Uh, you know, there's a lot. Of, say we say a lot on this podcast about how we're proud of the fact we own our stadium, we own our training ground, and not many football clubs in in league. Not many do. football clubs have a training ground, which I think is worth pointing out. Exactly. So you know, it, it must be a, a a nice environment to come here, especially in the modern climate where you know we should be looking at players saying, you know, you can come to this football club, and at the end of the season, you know, you're going to have had your wages paid every week, which is not yeah. the case at ten to fifteen football clubs in, in the football league now. So we should be preaching really at our financial prudency and the way that we run things. I'm and sure the, we are. And, yeah, and, and so for someone like Barrow to come in and, and having spent time at clubs like Wrexham and maybe some of the other clubs that you mentioned there who've had financial things, Wigan, Wigan obviously and Berry and you know, it probably is, is nice for him to come into an environment where it's it's a lot more settled. So um yeah, it's an, it's an interesting one because obviously when when Rickett started, we all lamented him not getting an assistant manager in, didn't we? That was one of the things we kept mentioning on the podcast. And then when we went to meet him, he was pretty clear he didn't want an assistant manager when we met him I two think times. he was quite coy. He never actually <laughs> said he didn't want an assistant manager. No, it was the vibe though, wasn't he it? He was very political. Yeah. You know, it, just, it shows what a smart um, operator is, to be fair. Because he never said he didn't want one. Mm, true, but I he never, but, um, And I assume that he wanted Barrow. You know, they had a really good chemistry together. I mean, they had a 57%, if I remember rightly, 57% win ratio when they were together. That's a fantastic. Mm. And they worked really well together. So I imagine he was just you know, being political, 
bide his time um, to get his man. And I thought it was really interesting. He said that in Sam Ricketts, he said he saw a Ruther streak, and he said he's a young modern English manager, which I thought was quite smart. Was thought was quite funny. He thinks of him as an Englishman, so that was quite funny. I did see that, yeah. And also, you've written in the agenda. I saw him as a ruthless freak. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, it's a bit harsh. <laughs> oh yeah, a ruthless streak. Yeah, <laughs> well, there we go. But yeah, I mean, obviously they've got a good, good, good connection, and obviously working with with Eric as well. If they bring him into it, and maybe he'll be a little bit less sort of front and centre than he was last season at times, but. You know, it seems seems like it's coming together, and obviously we we obviously lost Danny Coyne, and the next next man's coming was a, a guy I'd heard of. I had a friend growing up who was a sorry growing up at university who was a West Brom fan, and he used to love this guy Brian Jensen, the Beast, as he always called him. Um, and so yeah, uh, Brian Jensen's come in to be the goalkeeper coach, which is weird because I, I think most people assumed it was going to be Yuski Yaskalainen from Wrexham, um, who had just left Wrexham the week before, but he'd gone back to Finland, hadn't he? Um, and obviously he'd worked under Ricketts, so it was a bit interesting. I wasn't expecting Jensen. I don't don't think anyone was. No, no, there's, there's a lot of people. In football isn't there I yes. didn't expect this one either um, and just a bit of background on him so he played, played 400 games for the likes of West Brom Burnley Berry, Crawley, Mansfield. He played in the Premier League, the Championship, and all the leagues. Um, and last season, he was part of the successful um, Berry um, side. Um, so that was his first season as a coach. Um, so yeah, he comes in with a good pedigree. Um, it's interesting, obviously. It's a, you know he's got to probably have a different output, different outlook, and obviously goalkeeping coach is quite a different role, isn't it? You spend a lot of time, you know, just with the goalkeepers. Um, so I think that input the goalkeeping coach has on the general training is, is quite small, but he's quite a bit different, different role, isn't it, to the other roach, the other roles? Yeah, this 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 move for me makes a ton of sense. An incredibly experienced man worked at all levels as you say um, and seems a decent bloke from, from the sort of the things you've, you've read about him over the years and, and my mate who was a West Brom fan always said he was a, a good a good servant for them um, and as I say he's probably another one that's come here from Perry that wants to get his wages paid because uh, I suspect he's one of those ones that's probably left Perry because of yeah, all the issues he's they've had and we've managed to nab in there without having to pay any fee for him um, so that, that's quite interesting obviously Ryan Lowe had left Andy Berry so yeah, that, he's that, to Plymouth. that team has sort of sort of dis- disappeared us but that coaching team had just sort of gone off all to the four corners I suppose so good move for the football club and yeah I, I think he'll be a good signing for for us in terms of being able to work with that wider wider team really so I, I don't think we're really I mean I don't really expect to see any more people coming in out of the backroom staff I don't think we'll be, no. you know there'll be more, more coaches or anything like that will there no you hope so I hope not I guess the only thing that could happen is someone get you know someone who hasn't changed Joel's gets poached but fingers crossed true. there'll be no more changes true we'll have to see won't we so and, and I think there have been a few changes in the academy staff as well where we'll have to look at that yeah. later on in the season but um, I thought, yeah. that was, thought that was a little bit too, too much, much too much this. Much so we'll, we'll leave the, the staff there, I suppose, in, in terms of there have been some ins and outs there. And I suppose the next thing to look at really is the players that have left. And obviously a few had left just before we, we recorded the last podcast, whatever it was, a month and a half ago. You know, Sadler had just gone and me. Um, but yeah, a few have left since then, Ollie. So do you want to run through the names? Yeah, so Steve Arnold um, has left. He joined for Northampton um, on a two-year deal for undisclosed fee. Went home. Um, yeah, so that was good for him. Um, ECA wanted to be a bit closer to home, and that's good, obviously, for us. In the sense, we get a little bit of money. You don't know how much it is. It could be a pound. Yeah, well, it still right is an underclosed fee, but yeah. good luck to him. Um, I think we could get better than him anyway, so Certainly. that's fine. James Bolton rejected his contract offer. We seem to be a kind of academy for Portsmouth these days. Um, they signed, <laughs> signed for free on a three-year deal. I imagine he's got a wage rise, and he's a good servant. He hasn't done anything wrong. He's a really good player. He did it, put, you know, he gave us everything. He's definitely a player. Will come back. I'm sure he'll get a warm applause when he comes back definitely yeah and then there's a bit of a bit of a you can do this one Glint so someone's <laughs> gone quite far yeah someone I didn't didn't really want to hang around I mean he wasn't out of contract so I thought we'd have a trouble shifting him but good old Robbie Fowler 
God, as Liverpool fans called him, has come in and been our God and taken Holloway away from us. So, yeah, Marty Holloway's gone to Brisbane Raw. Brisbane Raw, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, in Australia. So, interesting move for him because obviously Rickers was pretty hot on him again from when, when he talked in interviews and talking to us about if he got it all right, he'd be the next Sam Volks. But I assume he's seen enough of him now to, to think maybe he hasn't quite got it there to, to, to reach the levels of, say, a Sam Volk. And seen other options out there for strikers that we could have got in which we'll get to in a minute and thought this move makes sense for both parties he might not have been someone that was playing very much football at Shrewsbury Town next season so quite happy to see him be gone to be honest with you he wasn't he didn't he didn't score enough goals and, and for me I was never a huge fan of him so I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not I bothered in the slightest we've talked a lot about target men haven't we yeah. in the past about how I'm quite happy with them to contribute I would say goals yes clearly he didn't score very many goals I think his contributions at time was quite positive he, he did have an impact but I'm not going to you know, lose any sleep over this. And I think with Morrison coming in, we've got an upgrade. So I think that's all that's good for us. You know, it was goal scoring record last season, Alex Juliet. So that tells you something. And he hardly, yeah. got, he hardly got any assists either. So it wasn't like we're missing too much of, of, of sort of setting goals up. Yeah, you know, we talked a lot last season. We probably wouldn't labour the point about him bringing players in. But, you know, Steve Morrison will do that and score goals. Yeah, exactly. so He's a much better player. We'll, we'll come to that in a minute. Um, and yeah, and then in terms of outgoing players, obviously that, that talks about those guys. And, and there's still still a few players I think we need to be getting rid of. <laughs> players we've got loads of players so one thing Sam Ricketts says is you know some players can't guarantee football I do prefer a smaller squad a tiny group and the players will leave including those on loan which is a nice segue into the fact that including first year pros so I think it's only fair to count you know players like Roland um, and, and, yep. and Taylor oh, yeah, and players like that are, yep. you know they're first team pros now um, and they're training with the first team that we've got 24 first team pros um, 25 is Charles Cook signs a contract that we've what? offered him. What is Charles Cook doing? What? What? what he's obviously. Move? I don't know. He's, maybe he's waiting. I guess he's, he's within his right to wait. You know. Fair enough. I, if I was him, I'd have signed that contract straight away and been like, yeah. someone will have me at least because uh, I mean he wouldn't be playing with us anyway. We have a backup goalkeeper, no. but I mean I wouldn't be bothered if he signed another contract somewhere else and we looked at a whole new goalkeeper situation because we still need two goalkeepers, don't we? And, and I would yeah. rather that one of them wasn't Charles Cook. And, and to be brutally honest with you, I so, wouldn't like him. See, I wouldn't like to see him play. Um, we won't go. We won't go through all the players because that would be quite a boring thing to do. Um, yeah. But I think it's just worth saying that um, we've got seven defenders. And we're clearly weak in the right back area, right wing back area, or right back area. Um, we've got quite a few central defenders. We signed a few, um, but maybe a few will leave. Um, probably need um, another, maybe left um, another left wing back as well. I, I'm not really so happy with Goldburn and Haynes. No, but Ryan Giles is is certain to sign from everything we've read in the last couple of days on yeah. it. So he's he's a highly rated left. We still need back. someone else in for cover because yeah, Sears is out for a bit. Um, we've got a lot of midfielders. We've got 13 midfielders um, and a lot of central <laughs> midfielders as well. So I think we'll see some departures there. Obviously, Brad Walker is obviously back now with us after signing in January and they went back on loan to Wrexham and then strikers it's an interesting one actually isn't it because we've got um, obviously four strikers when I say these numbers actually this is the current squad not including the players that we've already signed as well Um, so maybe I've done that a bit in a bit of a complicated manner but basically it's players that we've currently got and we'll go on to new signings soon so obviously got a few strikers but I imagine someone like Lee Angle will probably be departing as soon as, as soon as he can yeah, I mean, you've still got Sam Jones on the midfielders list, Ollie, who left the day before yesterday. And you, you oh, yeah. That. So, yeah, he's obviously gone. And Apologies. Are... So, we're down to 23 first-team pros, though. Exactly. And rumours are he's going to be going and joining Paul Hurst again at, at um, Scumpool. So, yeah, that, that's, an, that's one there. But, you know, when I read through that list and I think of players I think we could probably do we're getting rid of, you know, I, just my, off the top of my head quickly, I don't think we really need... I mean... It's Waterfall? Tricky. I don't, I, 
I don't. Well, I don't see Waterfall going. Whether we whether we could get rid of him or not, I don't nice know. But too. we don't need him with the new signings, I suppose. But I think that who uh, are under threat, Gilead, definitely. I think that he might be trying to offload Gilead. I think that at least a couple of the youth lads might want to be looking at loans more than getting in the squad this year. Easter included in that loan as well. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, although he said he's looking at Easter in pre-season, so whether he impresses or not, I don't know. I mean, yeah, and there's that. And then obviously we've got the shop who's not probably going to play and has only got a contract till January. So um, with Angle as well, you've still got a few that could probably go there. But it's not just that. You know, there's still a chance that someone could come in and bid for, I'd say, Grant Norburn and Faye are still players that we can't guarantee will be here at the start of the season, Ollie. Um, yeah. I think they're all players that have probably got people who are interested. And as that time ticks on, you get closer to transfer deadline. I can see bids coming in for all three of them. And whether Shrewsbury can be firm enough to hold off on it, if someone bids, bids more than 800k for Faye, we're going to sell him. There's, there's yeah, no way I think we keep I'd him. really want us to keep Faye and I really want us to keep Norburn. Mm. Grant, I'm not too bothered about. I, I think that was a negotiation tactic from the club because it was interesting in January. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's a way of getting some money in mm. for him. Um, but if he stays, I'd be more than happy. He always puts a shift in, makes an odd mistake, but um, that's fine. So, yeah, I think that covers the squad. Maybe it's just got onto the exciting bit of the, um, yeah. the new signings. What have we added to that squad, I suppose? So, yeah, yeah. As, as we said at the start of this, Ollie, I've, I've been a very busy man at work, having Ollie, which people will know is quite rare for me. But, um, yeah, so you've done a hell of a lot of research looking at this, this sort of players we brought in. And obviously, I've, I've been looking at it and making my own judgments on Twitter and stuff. But you've got some real good stuff here. So, I'll just run some, through some of the sort of basics of these players we signed. You can sort of tell us who we're speaking to and what you've sort of found out. So, let's start with Ethan Ebanks Landell, another uh, double barrel name surname player as, as we seem to have quite a lot of over the last few years so um, yeah there we go three year deal so we're, we're lashing those out again undisclosed fee um, he's a central defender so and he's a bit of a beast isn't he so yeah what, what have you found out about Mr Landell yep so um, he's a 26 year old defender um, he comes in from Wolves where he's been since he's eight um, he's had loan spells at Berry, Sheffield United MK Dons and Rochdale um, and he um, yeah he's won two league one promotions in his career mm. um, it's interesting MK Don fans think he's a bit crap um, but Rochdale fans say that they were relegated if it wasn't for him last season. Um, and I think it's always interesting, especially when we're, we don't know this for certain, but it's likely we might play three at the back. Yes. So I think it's always, you know, big big chunk of salt to say, you know, you signed a player, you, but you're now going to play him potentially in a different formation with different players. So, you know, I think it's worth to say when we talk about all these players, I'm not really going to view them until I've seen them, you know, play 10 games, whatever. Um, I think it's only fair to see them in a Shrewsbury shirt um, in, in the system that we'll be playing before you make a kind of a proper decision hmm. on how good they think they are. Um, yeah, you can kind of judge a little bit on the value. I mean, a 26-year-old, three-year three year deal for a 26-year-old with that experience. It's the sort of sign that I'd like to see. Yeah, it's a good sign. Yeah. yeah, it's a positive sign. I think actually I'd say probably just a caveat. I think they're all pretty good signings. I'm, I'm quite pleased with all of them so far. Yeah, I, I don't have a, a huge problem with any of them, and, uh, and we'll go through it as we go through it, I suppose. But um, yeah, I don't know. You, you managed to speak to some Rochdale fans, didn't you? What's, yeah, what's I did. So I thing? spoke to um, at Jimmy Morehouse, who's a Rochdale fan, um, and he said, from what I saw of him, he was a very good signing um, for any League One team. Uh, he's not the best on the ball, but definitely has a mistake in him, but he's very commanding, will win 99% of aerial duels and rarely misses a tackle. So yeah, it sounds like a good, um, a good basic defender um, and a good addition to the team. Sounds like Toto. He does sound that's a bit what like you Toto, could Toto, like any, he, yeah. he's, a, he's a big lad like Toto as well. So, you know, I like the, the, the sort of physicality we put into the centre-back positions, you know. Um, obviously, Beckles was playing there last year, but strong as he is, sometimes he could be a bit weak on the ball, couldn't he? And then shrugged off it. And obviously, Waterfall had his moments as well. But with Ethan uh, Banks-Landell, 
Rashawn, who's sort of beefing up as he plays more and more games, and, and obviously will come to Anton Pierre. You've definitely added some some strength in those centre backs. That's positions. a beast. That's a really strong defensive yeah, um, defensive unit. So yeah, that's that's encouraging. The Great Wall um, of Shrewsbury, will be called. It, it is, yeah. <laughs> um, next signing. So the first two signings were in a very very small catchment area. Um, it did give me a little bit concerned about how far our scouting was going. Um, but also yeah. the first one you mentioned, Ollie, is someone that did previously play with Sam Ricketts as well. <laughs> exactly. <so. laughs> There's definitely a, a friends theme going through yeah. um, some of these signings. Um, so, yeah, so Daniel Adoy, uh, which was rumoured about um, actually when we were, I think even when we were doing the end of season pod um, yes. back in May. Um, so he's signed on a two-year deal, undisclosed fee, he's a striker, and he scored 19 goals in the National League last season. Um, and it's interesting, he played um, youth football with Faye at Stevenage, so that's quite interesting to see link up there. So what did Sam Ricketts have to say? So Daniel is a player we noticed last season because of Ryan Barnett being on loan. Um, he's a young player who's really driven to prove and get better. He can score goals and works extremely hard. We feel there's an opportunity for us there to help him improve and to chance a great chance because of his attitude. Hopefully he can be successful with us. So I don't expect him to be a first-team player, um, but I expect him to be around. And you know, if he can be as you know, successful as Faye, then yeah. this will be a massive coup. I think, I think it's National League North he played for Telford, isn't it, rather than yeah. the National League. And obviously, yeah, Faye, yeah, Faye scored his goals in the National League, so it's a little yeah. bit of a slightly better standard. But I wasn't aware of the link he had with Faye, which I think is really interesting that they know yeah. each other because he's, he's got someone really to kind of learn off and see that there's exactly. that pathway from non-league through to being what would be considered one of our best players in League One. So, um, yeah, I hope, hopefully he takes that on board and, and can kind of take it forward because he seems like an exciting player. I mean, you've, you've spoke to Mark Elliott um, in terms of, obviously, Mark's seen him play a lot more, obviously, Mark does choose to Telford every other week, doesn't he? So he's seen a lot of him last year. Yeah. And, and, and what Mark's had to say, which you can have a look through now, um, sounds really positive. Yeah. So what did Mark have to say? So thanks for Mark for sharing his comments. So he said he's a centre forward with a decent ability and a bit of pace. He's stronger than he looks. So why not the tallest or the widest? He can put himself about and occupy defenders. He strikes the ball well. And whilst being right footed, he's not afraid to go with his left, which is better than you might think. He's got a fair share of scrappy penalty lots goal last season, but he can link play too. He won't too many headers against League One centre backs, but use his feet and chest and he can play with his back to goal and, and then spin ahead. By all counts, he's a really good lad, always smiling. So it's good at two rounds. So it sounds like he'd be a good egg as well in the training that's what, ground. That's what Ricketts is keen to get, isn't it, yeah. from everything he says? He said he got um, he got 26 goals in all competition, at a good rate, um, and 19 in the league. Um, so one in two is good. He's a joint um, fourth goal, um, goal scorer in the league. Uh, with three other players, three players got 20. So obviously quite a few strikers at that, that level. Yeah. Um, he said that Adoy is raw. Um, he scored one in 20 crew over the last three years. So obviously that's why he got released from the Football League, which is obviously not a great record. No. Um, he's 22, not a kid. So the step up is huge. Um, I cannot emphasise um, enough how big that jump is. While slightly more physical in presence and slightly less athletic, perhaps, he'll be competing with Faye for that, that, that kind of position, depending on how shoes we play. He's not a wide player. He's definitely a striker. Um, and then he had kind of like there's a few things obviously we need to have to see against testing against League One. So a few questions for Mark. Said, will his technique hold up? Will he hold his own physically in terms of strength and and power and left athleticism in League One? And can he score enough goals against you know the harder chances come his way? And and I'll add as well um, in terms of against tougher goalkeepers. So some interesting comments there from Mark, who's obviously seen him play quite a few times. Sim- I suppose it's similar to Issa rather than Faye in some respects in terms of where he's at in his career and, and that yeah. physicality side of it and what he needs to do in league football and obviously for Issa it's not really worked has it even with his loans so um, we can't say it's going to be a success or not but you know a decent backup striker who can maybe learn more and come on next year a two year deal show 
we're, we're going to sort of put a bit of faith in him. So, um, yeah, again, I, you know, for the, for the money he's probably on as, as a striker coming up from that level, I don't suppose it's too much of a risk. So, again, a decent signing for me. Yeah, I think it's a really good signing, another one. So, um, so who is the next man? So the next striker, and we did actually know this one. So, you know, most of the time we don't know the players we sign because no. there's just so many thousands of players. Um, but we did know this one. This is a familiar name. Uh, to be fair, this time of the four we're going to talk about here, I was aware of three of, three of these players, you know. But then we do do a podcast about football, and yeah. I, do, I do obsess about it. So um, it was only really the, the Telford lad I didn't need to know much about. But um, yeah, this I is knew from... of a doy. Um, yeah, I knew of a doy, and I've heard of Ebanks Landor. I hadn't heard of um, Pierre, if I'm honest. Okay, okay. Well, this is from one extreme to another, from a young striker making his way in the game to an old striker who probably is getting towards the end of his time. But yeah, Steve Morrison, um, obviously a player that probably most town fans will have been quite uh, knowledgeable of. I suppose he's had a hell of a career, but. Um, it's only a season-long loan, so we have not got him in permanently. Um, he is a target man, 100%. Um, and yeah, he's our six. He's the six signings who played with Sam Ricketts, 20 caps for Wales, um, 556 games, 191 goals, um, two spells with Millwall, which he's probably most remembered for, to be honest with you. Um, he's been yeah. a legend there, isn't he? Um, but he also played for Norwich and Leeds at a good standard and did have a spell in non-league after leaving Northampton. So yeah, hell of a, a hell of a CV for a striker we're bringing in. And I can't think of a, a, a striker we brought in with more experience um, who I suppose we should be a fair bit excited about seeing how, how he can do at League One level for a long time, really. You know, people were comparing this signing back to Grant Holt. That's, that's not the same for me because Grant Holt still had a long way to go in his career yeah. and he went on to reach higher heights. But in terms of the, the goal scoring and, and the nature of kind of the type of players I think they are, certainly I can see some comparisons in that respect. But um, uh, yeah, I think most people are fairly excited about him. Yeah, it's it's definitely a good a good um, signing. Um, he's a he's clearly kept himself in fantastic condition. Um, he's like you know he's he kept himself very trim. Um, Interestingly, um, over the summer of you know, as, as more data filters down into League One, um, and more people focus on the data side of things. As a, as a guy who you might have seen, Glenn, I've been retweeting his tweets, and he's been sharing some data with us. A guy called Ram, who's been sharing with us, and he's basically compiles data on lower league players, and and has been and all levels actually. To be fair, yeah. and he's been really kind to kind of do analysis on Norburn and Doherty, which I find really interesting. So you know they're passing and things stats. Yeah. I've been interested on Morrison. His the number of duels he won in the championship last year is phenomenal. Um, and his link-up play is really good as well. So I think he's going to be a, a really positive signing. Um, Sam Ricketts said he's a leader on and off the pitch. He's Great. in very good shape. He's eager to play and brings knowledge and brings a different element. So, you know, if we need to go long, we can. But obviously that's not that's not, that's not me Ricketts' <laughs> idea. You know, it's not well, really our first choice. But sometimes it's good to have that in the locker. I, I think you're being a bit negative there, Glenn. <laughs> I think you have to see what happens. You know, we, we had a crap team last year. Oh, no. um, so <laughs> let's see what happens on the pitch. But I think you... you I think you're right Pessimism to be. Already. There you go. Yeah, you're right to be. <laughs> I guess you're right to question it, but I think let's just see what happens. Yeah, we will. Yeah. Um, so I asked a, a Millwall fan. Um, so at law, um, Lucas Ball. Um, um, twenty-two eleven. What he thought, and he said, a player who forms a large part of my Millwall memories. Um, expected, determined winner, great attitude, demands high standards from those around him. May not always get on brilliant with the fans, but will give his all on the pitch. An intelligent player, good in the air, able to bully defenders. He's lost his pace, but has not scored as many in the last few years. But he's still got a lot left of him at that level. Most fans, most fans think it's the right time for him to go on the pitch. He doesn't offer enough at the championship level anymore. Hugely important figure in the dressing room. So some believe we'll miss him in that respect. Um, 
and then yeah and i said yeah, that's quite an interesting point because that's something i think that we we need isn't it characters um, yeah. in the team so for me I'm, i think this is a really really good sign on loan as well so you know there's the, the risk there is, is quite minimal risk is quite minimal uh, i suppose the, the one thing we've got to watch for is how much pace has he lost you know has he lost enough that's not going to be too effective in league one we'll find out you can't judge that yet um uh, I suppose we've got to be careful, Ollie, because I did read some quotes he said about, uh, I can't believe, you know, sort of thing, like people who've never kicked a football talking about football, why why do they do that sort of thing? And so, yeah, you know, we better be careful with him in case he's not <laughs> But um, <laughs> I'm not going to hold back. I'll say what I feel about players. Um, and yeah, you found out a quite cool random fact about him, didn't you? Yeah, it's quite funny. So um, so in, in, in 2013, he set up a race, a Greyhound racing syndicate with Grant Holt. When oh, they were at Norwich together, so there's a little random stat for you. There we go. Oh, there we go. If he does, if he scores half the goals, uh, Grant Alt scored. He would have done well. He'd have scored 14 goals, wouldn't he? So Grant Alt obviously got 28 in that one season. So 14 goals would be all right within this season. I'd be happy with that as a return. So that was it. Yeah. So another, another decent sign, and then the, the most recent one um, is Aaron Pierre from Northampton. So another three-year deal um, for for a sort of striker, uh, striker, sorry, a centre back in the sort of prime of his career, I suppose. And look at his age. Um, yeah, central defender, as I just said, and played for Fulham and Brentford's youth systems, but didn't play for Brentford. And then his career kicked off at Wickham. That's where I remember him playing. And also moved on to Northampton again. I remember seeing him loads of times for Northampton. Um, played 41 games last year. Won the club's player of the season award, which is always a positive thing to read. Yeah. Which is always good. Yeah, well, exactly. You look at who got ours last season. It's always a good sign to a, a decent player. And... Um, uh, yeah, my my view again. I, I think we needed some more strength in the in the in the centre back positions, like I talked about with e- Ebanks Landell. It gives more pressure on Waterfall, so we don't have to play him. Uh, we can do different things. Um, so to me, yeah, a, a decent signing, and as I say, a three year deal, bit a bit of longevity with him, um, protects us in case he does have a good season and someone wants to come and steal him like Toto. So yeah, decent enough. I mean, there's a few other bits you've seen, Ollie. Yeah. Ollie? So what did Sam Ricketts say? Yeah, so he said, really good signing, a player I've been chasing for a while now. Um, I said, I went and watched him, um, and I watched him an awful lot towards the end of last season when he was a player who was in my plans. So obviously someone he's been looking at for a while, which is great, um, because it shows it's a target he's actually gone and got. Um, A player with a lot of potential still, uh, left-sided centre-back, who comes in and can add some real balance to our side. Um, We're delighted to have got him. So, yeah, seems to have ticked all the boxes for Ricketts, really. Yeah, it shows. And I did actually ask Ram to check for me where he played, and he was a left-sided centre-back. So, obviously... And that's the the first one that we've got. So if we're going to play three at the back, it's very important, isn't it, to have a left sided centre back to who can naturally move, use use that foot and distribute yeah. the ball there a bit faster. So I yeah. think that's that's positive. And the other good thing to read was, that, I mean, you've, you've got a quote here, but a lot of Northampton fans were gutted to be seen yeah. him go, and it was almost like one of those ones was we, we just weren't going to keep him with the situation our football clubs in, and you know one of those things he goes on with our best wishes are similar, similar, I suppose, to what we feel about Bolton. But yeah, you you did speak to one particularly upset uh, Northampton. Yeah, fan. I think it's quite it was. It was funny because um, reading the comments, you got a very, I got very quickly got a sense that Northampton fans are really happy how their summer was going until this yeah, happened because right. yeah. they signed obviously Steve Arnold, they signed yeah. a couple of like you know really good promising players, and then we went and nabbed their best central defender and their player of the year. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Callum White. Um, so very th- thank you for Callum for sharing his comments. Who said Gutted is an understatement. We desperately needed to hold on to him. However, uh, it, uh, however unrealistic it was, one of the best centre halves in my time watching the Cobblers. And he said he's he's a leader. He's solid as a rock at the back, making tackles. You know from the start to end, very dangerous set pieces, an all round tank really. And he ended by saying, "You've got yourself a gem there." So, yeah, that's it's, it's good. That's good praise to hear. Mm, yeah, and just you know another part of the the team coming together. I suppose. I mean, it's hard to tell how it all fits together until we've got the squad in position. But in terms of signing so far, four in. You know, we can't be too disappointed with them. Um, obviously, every player's a risk. You know, who knows what's going to happen this season? But um, 
yeah, I'm quite quite sanguine about it as we sit here on the 30th of June with quite a way to go before we get to the season. It seems to be at least with recruitment heading in the right direction. And I, and I hear a few rumours and you know bits and pieces about what's going on with other players we're looking at in terms of goalkeepers. And some of the names being mentioned are pretty positive, Ollie. So if we can get a few of the sort of names, it's not worth mentioning really because it could just be rumours. But some of the names are being linked with or, or you know you know discussed in in the press like. Um, Lewis last week was saying we're def- you know, definitely going to get this Giles lad in who seems like he would be a perfect fit for us as well, a local lad. I will say one name, Harry Burgoyne's name has not gone far away from this football club all summer. Whether it's true or not, I don't know, but he's a, he's a local lad from Ludlow and I think that would be a decent signing. So, yeah, pl- plenty of names out there that we could definitely go and get and, and, and make ourselves better. Yeah, I think, I think it's fair to say, coming to the close, um, that we're definitely going to see some players leave. I think that's a certain... Um, and we're definitely going to sign a few more a few more names. And obviously, you know, the... Um, you know, it's it's a waiting game. Um, so fingers crossed we can get them sooner rather than later. But obviously, it's better. It's it's yep. important to get the right players rather than just numbers. Um, but yeah, fingers crossed we can have a few more exciting um, signings um, to to cover um, as we get into the gets closer to the start of the season. Super. Well, I think that leaves us where we are now, covering everything that's happened so far this summer. And I'm sure we missed a load of stuff, but um, I'm sure it'll get picked up if it's important in another podcast. And we're going to try and bring a podcast every Sunday now, aren't we, for the next few weeks, Ollie? Yeah. We've got various holidays, so we'll be doing it with guests as, as necessary. Um, but yeah. yeah, we're sort of trying to get back into the rhythm now. So yeah, we'll start to cover the preseason games um, and, and we'll go from there, Ollie, and, and see how the squad comes together. So yeah, it's been, been good to put a few of the, the major bits of news behind us, Ollie, and we can look forward now to yeah, this, what else happens. This is definitely a, a foundation-building pod to get some of it, <laughs> get through some of it. So yeah, we'll we'll look forward now. Um, obviously, as the update on games and players, um, and the things also just mentioned, we're going to try and get a few more guests on this season, aren't we? Just to have a few more, yeah. a few more views and opinions. Um, so yeah, please carry on sharing in your comments and your thoughts. Um, and yeah, we definitely want to get a few more people on on the podcast as well. So yeah, we'll definitely be um, hunting a few people down. We will. We talk about guests, but in the first season we had fourteen. The second season we had twenty four, and the and the third season last season we had thirty one. So we're getting more and more people on as we go yeah. through now, and people are learning about the podcast. Um, obviously, we have a f- fairly regulars, my brother and Mike Davis, a Plymouth. You know, really good value those guys. So we'll still get those on. But yeah. you know, I've got a lad called Alex Crossland that used to play with us in the away sport. He wants to come on, and you know, we've got various. Other people um, that we've, we've asked or want to come on, um, so we'll certainly ask for some new voices as well this season and get get those on. So yeah, um, if anyone's listening and, and they don't know us and they and they want to get in contact about potentially coming on, then you know just 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 drop us a line on Twitter to the Saddlecast account. Yep, brilliant. Yeah, good stuff. So we're nice back, one. and yeah, it's <laughs> going to be interesting. Fingers crossed, um, it can be a fun season in all the, yes. in the positive sense. And um, yeah, we'll um, we'll be back again next week. Good stuff. Enjoy your next week, Ollie. A bit more sun, and we'll catch you next week. Oh!